Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. Glad to be with you again. I hope you are doing well. Uh, but unfortunately, we continue to be in a rule of law crisis here in Washington, D.C. I'll talk about that with the uh, pending sham impeachment trial of President Trump uh, set to begin next week. Uh, former President Trump, which uh, uh, should alert you to some of the issues that will probably be raised next week. Uh, secondly, Judicial Watch again is at it, trying to get information about Joe Biden's record. Uh, specifically, what is he hiding in terms of his Senate records? I've got some uh, legal developments there. On top of that, Judicial Watch filed a new FOIA lawsuit about an old scandal, Solyndra, that's new again, thanks to the Biden administration. Uh, but first up, I want to talk about uh, the issue of impeachment, deplatforming, the criminalization of political dissent in this country by the organized left and their allies in uh, in in Congress and big media, big corp corporations and such. Uh, obviously, the president is facing a sham impeachment uh, that resulted uh, a sham impeachment trial that resulted from a summary impeachment proceeding in the House of Representatives. Remember, the president wasn't allowed to present evidence. In fact, there was no evidence gathering at all. And so they just summarily impeached him for incitement for insurrection. Now, uh, I think the record demonstrates that he was engaged in core First Amendment speech, that there was no incitement, neither morally or illegally. And uh, the impeachment is just a, a political effort to uh, essentially uh, make sure that President Trump is off, uh, has more difficulty getting uh, uh, public attention uh, as, uh, uh, as the Biden administration continues. And secondly, they want to outlaw or suggest that uh, criticizing the way the elections were conducted is tantamount to violence. So if you are concerned about election integrity, you are an insurrectionist. So that's why this impeachment trial that the Senate's allowing to proceed under the control of the Democratic Party uh, is so dangerous to our constitutional freedoms. Because if it isn't about Trump, then it, obviously it is literally, but practically speaking, it's about everyone else. If you're Judicial Watch, you're litigating on election integrity measures. So it's about what our work. If your citizens concerned about your right to vote, and, and uh, whether it's being adequately protected and secured by state election systems, it's about what your concerns are. are can you legitimately um, express those concerns? Can you raise questions about the way the election was conducted? According to the left, you can't, you can't. And so um, uh, the impeachment next week is about, it, it's, it's uh, I know the president's uh, lawyers and many Republicans um, are highlighting the fact it, it's it's uh, unconstitutional in a sense. He's a former president 
and therefore the Senate ought not to have any jurisdiction over him. Uh, personally, I don't buy that. I think I think the Senate uh, does have jurisdiction, or let's put it this way: I think it's an open question, and so uh, and because it's an open question, the Senate gets to decide who has jurisdiction. So, as I talked about last week, the Senate has decided over the objections of forty-five Republicans that they do have jurisdiction to uh, try a former president. And as I further highlighted, that means former officials obviously can also be tried and impeached and then tried. So there we go. We got a list. Obama, Hillary Clinton, you name it. Uh, James Comey, John Brennan, Clapper, all the rest. You know, Joe Biden can be should be impeached for a variety of reasons in, in that under that rubric. So that's what that issue is about. Uh, but uh, the second question is, is he going to get a fair trial? And uh, he's not going to get a fair trial. They're just going to try to torture him as best as they're able. They're going to pretend it's a process uh, or it's a process where he's given due process and he's not going to get due process. So it's not clear what's going to happen next week. Uh, but the president uh, was exercising his core First Amendment rights and complaining and litigating and encouraging others to petition their government within the law. So he didn't incite an insurrection. And, and, and by that standard, every politician on the Hill should be impeached and removed. And indeed, that's something that they think too, because they want to impeach and remove, or practically speaking, expel members of the Senate and the House who oppose the election integrity excuse me, the, um, who opposed uh, ratifying some of the state elections that uh, they think were compromised. They think that the left thinks they should be thrown out. They're insurrectionists too, by exercising their prerogatives as a member of the House of Representatives or the senators or senators or the U.S. Senate to, to object to these issues. Certainly you see with uh, Congressman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was the new congressman who was uh, thrown out of the committees by the Democrats in the House. That, I mean, do you think it's going to stop with under their theory of the case with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who tweeted out material that was objectionable probably to a lot of people? She admitted that uh she she had known better she would have done better but this isn't about what she tweeted out because they don't have the left doesn't have standards as to what the ethical uh ethical standards as to who should be on committees they have an impeached judge who uh, in many ways engaged in criminal activity is on committees you have the compromise swalwell on committees yeah, Elon Omar, who is uh, who, uh, you know, said outrageous things uh, about Israel and such on committees. You have um, Congressman Oscar um, Cortez, AOC, accusing another senator of trying to murder a senator of trying to murder her, essentially. And of course, you got Adam Schiff who went out there and was taking phone records and secretly subpoenaing them and then releasing them into the public domain. 
So this is not about ethics. This is about power. And this is about using the levers of power and abusing the levers of power uh, to curtail the ability of your political opponents to operate, let alone participate in our constitutional republic. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens if they target other members of Congress and try to deplatform them. I mean, you think deplatforming is limited to whether you are on Twitter or Facebook or no, 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 no. They want to deplatform Fox News, One American News, Newsmax. They want to deplatform radio hosts. They want to deplatform lawyers, lawyers who dare to object in court to some of these election fights, some of these election games. They want to deplatform them, meaning throw them off the bar. And you're seeing what they're doing to the president, President Trump. And of course, the corruption is almost always, and it's at its design in many ways to distract from their own corruption. You know, Joe Biden faces significant corruption issues because of his family, his brothers and his son, and he are up to their neck in compromised situations with um, their business dealings with foreign companies and others and foreign governments, practically speaking, when you're talking about China. Now, remember, the first impeachment was to protect Biden. Uh, it was uh, to essentially wall off any legitimate concerns about Biden corruption. Remember, Trump was impeached for doing his job and asking questions about what was going on there in Ukraine with Biden and son Hunter. And obviously that was done at the beginning of last year uh, to, as, as I said, inoculate Biden from further discussion about his corruption issues in uh in the campaign uh now they uh that biden has been installed as president they want to keep uh president trump off the table as much as they can in terms of being a player so they will impeach him uh, to protect biden again because biden still has corruption issues and we need a special counsel for Joe Biden and his family. The Justice Department obviously is conflicted in investigating anything related to the Biden family. So we need a special prosecutor. Hunter's already admitted he's under investigation. How is it this Justice Department can investigate him? I mean, supposedly one of the lawyer, one of Hunter Biden's lawyers, his ex-partner from his law firm, is going to be at least in an acting capacity, running the criminal division of the Justice Department. I mean, that's just one example of the conflict. And the president himself has been implicated according to testimony and documents. And that's why, as I said, we have this, this uh, big petition to appoint a special counsel on change.org. So this impeachment is is, is, is a reflection of the corruption of the president, of President Trump's opponents. They wanna outlaw free speech. They wanna outlaw their political opposition effectively. They wanna wall off any discussion of election integrity. And we're not gonna be intimidated. And Judicial Watch is gonna keep up with our litigation. We have three lawsuits to clean up the voter rolls. More will be coming. We have 105 Freedom of Information Act open record requests out among the several states to investigate the conduct of the election. We're not going away and we're not going to be intimidated.
So uh, they can deplatform House Republicans. They can deplatform us. We're still going to keep on litigating. It's now four weeks, by the way, since I've been knocked off Twitter. Four weeks for posting a tweet on hydroxychloroquine. I've posted several times before that Twitter had already found to be specifically not in violation of its rules. In fact, Facebook has this independent board that overturned one of its decisions to uh, drop a hydroxychloroquine, uh, to censor a hydroxychloroquine post, saying it was a legitimate discussion point. Yet Twitter, Twitter's behind the eight ball on that. Of course, it isn't really about hydroxychloroquine. It's not about COVID. It's about doing the bidding of an establishment, a left-wing establishment, that questions the activities, uh, certainly of anything they do, whether it be on lockdowns, whether it be on preventative care for COVID, whether it be on election integrity, whether it be on Joe Biden's corruption. They're gonna, they're gonna try to suppress all sorts of activity in that regard and free speech in that regard. They're coming after all of us. They really are the left. If you voted for Trump, if you said anything negative about their agenda online, you are a target. Bank of America, uh, Tucker Carlson reported yesterday or earlier this week. Seemingly on its own, it's not clear whether they were doing it in response to a request from the government or not. Uh, they went and just started searching bank account records of people in D.C. and just turned them over to the government. Someone else leaked location data of phones and leaked to the New York Times. So the left both legally and illegally will target you. And we already know they've done that with the IRS during the Obama administration, with the scandalous targeting of President Trump and spying on Trump and his team. And as I said, they want to outlaw concerns about the election, but the concerns were well-founded. I mean, listen to this story in Time Magazine. It, of course, is, comes out two weeks after Inauguration Day. This should be part of the impeachment discussion. I'd be interested to have this decision, this story read out. It's called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. So it's a propaganda piece promoting the leftists who intervened to change the rules on the elections. And listen to this characterization of it. This is Time Magazine. It's not Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch. Let me get to the, let me. There was a hand, suppose, so the background is there, that the left had organized, and I have talked about this. So none of this is going to be new to you. The details will be new. But I, I explained that the left was using COVID as a pretext to change the rules of the election. This is what they said. Their work touched on every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and help secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. Meaning you had Zuckerberg, for instance, sending $350 million 
to government entities to run the elections. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. And it goes on and on. Let me read this further. This is the inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election. Base, uh, it is the story of an unprecedented creative and determined campaign whose success also reveals how close the nation came to disaster. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, the article goes on to say, even though it sounds like a paranoid even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election, they were fortifying it. How do you like that characterization? So go read that Time Magazine article. Maybe we'll put it up beneath. But it confirms what Judicial Watch has been saying, that the left was organized and specifically targeted our election systems and changed the rules and changed the laws. And Trump is being impeached for saying what Time Magazine just reported. This is what we're facing. And what I think is hilarious about this is that you had this massive campaign that involved the left and the Chamber of Commerce, big businesses, big tech. And I was getting calls before the election and some of my colleagues also concerned about this and other groups from, from uh, left-wing reporters questioning a judicial watch on our funding and on who we were talking to, all sorts of, you know, kind of a, a, someone pursuing a crazed conspiracy theory. And the fact is that it was just judicial watch and a few other groups that were trying to defend election integrity. And they spent all their time trying to suppress us when, in fact, the big story was this massive effort to change the election systems. And President Trump understood it, and that's why he's being impeached, because they, want, they don't want to go back to uh, voter ID. For, you know, if you vote by mail, there's practically speaking no voter ID. Do you think, do you agree with that? Because that's going to be the debate over the next year or two. Do you think there should be no voter ID? Or if you vote by mail, should there be a voter ID requirement to vote by mail? Where do you think the left is going to come down on that debate? So this is what the impeachment's about. So we've been proven right once again, Judicial Watch. And uh, this is not a rhetorical fight. Uh, this is a legal battle that Judicial Watch is engaged in right now and at least three, well, actually five federal courts, five federal courts. That's why I love Judicial Watch. I keep on saying I love Judicial Watch, but I do love Judicial Watch, not because I'm the president. It's because I'm a, a, a citizen who sees the value of Judicial Watch, uh, our educational mission to find out what the government's up to and expose the truth and get the government held accountable to the rule of law. 
So along those lines, Judicial Watch has um, pursued something that the media doesn't want to pursue. So if you knew that there were 1,800 boxes of Joe Biden's record somewhere, and you're a media person, wouldn't you be asking questions every day, why can't we get access to them? Well, of course, you know what our media is about. So once again, it's Judicial Watch to the rescue doing super heroic work up in Delaware, where Joe Biden's Senate records are being housed in the University of Delaware and kept secret from everyone. And our point is, we have a lawsuit on behalf of the Daily Caller News Foundation. Our point is, we should be getting access to those records. Why are they important? Well, they could be, I don't know what's in them. I do know they don't want them to see us. They don't want us to see them. So that tells me there's something in them. Now, the woman who accused Biden of sexual assault, she thinks there might be records concerning her complaints in there. Joe Biden himself has talked about his communications with foreign leaders when he was head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and Senator. That would be interesting. How about the Biden corruption issues? I mean, I, you know, I talk about it all the time and, you know, dumb me, I didn't make the connection even in talking about this lawsuit. There could be records about his corruption activities or records that reflect information about what his family was doing in terms of their business dealings when he was senator. So how is it we can get these records? Well, typically these types of records are not publicly available because they're hidden in private places. You know, the senators have the records privately, but here he gave them to the University of Delaware and there was a deal. I don't think, and I think the deal was, as it's been reported, they wouldn't come out until after he left private life or something like that, or left public life. Um, but they're government records in the sense that uh, they're subject to the Freedom of Information Act in Delaware, the state law, because they're being maintained with government money. University of Delaware is given $120 million a year by the state, and therefore uh, we think the records are covered by the state FOIA law. Now, the lower court judge in the case uh, said no. And the court looked at the protestations of the Delaware officials and the attorney general of Delaware and said, well, he says it's not, they're not protected. They're not, we don't use government money to protect the records or, or maintain or work on the records. So therefore, I'm going to take his word for it. We weren't allowed to get any discovery or ask any additional questions. How do you like that? We couldn't even get any records about the deal between Biden and his buddies at the University of Delaware. So Judicial Watch um, had that adverse ruling and sometimes we lose and we're like, you know, we don't like the law, but the judge fairly interpreted, uh, interpreted it and applied it. And it's terrible. We can't get the records, but we can't. There's no there's no good faith basis to appeal. That wasn't the case in this situation. I mean, especially that we can't even get records about how this stuff was being managed. Forget about the underlying Senate records. So we filed a notice of appeal the other day. And again, it's only Judicial Watch who's asking questions about this basic history of Joe Biden. The man's been was in the uh, Senate, what, for 30 years, and there's 1,800 boxes of records and Judicial Watch and our friends at the Daily Caller News Foundation are the only ones willing to go to town, go to bat for, uh, bat for them up in 
in Delaware. And as you can guess, it's a small state. I mean, you know it's a small state. He's the favorite son. He's in the Oval Office. So it's going to be a challenge in the courts. But we're not going away. And we're going to keep on pushing. So I'll let you know um, how that proceeds. And hopefully we get some success and, and, and uh, good news from the Supreme Court of Delaware. Uh, and what drives the left crazy about Judicial Watch is that we have a long memory. I mean, I've been doing this for, uh, Judicial Watch has been around since 94. I've been at Judicial Watch for about 23 years now. And um, I remember the Solyndra scandal. Do you remember the Solyndra scandal? Where Solyndra got about a half a million dollars in loans most of which I think um, from tax taxpayers under the Obama administration, much of which was lost because Solyndra went belly up. Well, you know who was involved in that scandal? Joe Biden and his chief of staff, Ron Klain. He was vice president, Joe Biden at the time. Ron Klain was his chief of staff. Now Ron Klain is his chief of staff in the White House. So what we did was we asked for records about, because we knew about Ron Klain's involvement. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. So we asked for records. Let me ask, uh, let me see specifically what we asked for here. Oh, I deleted it, hold on. So we asked for records from the Department of Homeland, excuse me, from the Department of Energy and the Office of Management and Budget for a really straightforward request. Communications between Klain and any official of the Office of Management and Budget and the Department of Energy regarding the solar company, Solyndra. In 2011, internal emails reportedly uncovered by investigators in the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which I think came out because thanks to Judicial Watch separate, separate FOIA litigation, show the Obama administration was monitoring the progress of the $535 million taxpayer loan in Solyndra, even as analysts were voicing serious concerns about the risk involved. This is what the email says. This deal is not ready for prime time, one White House budget analyst wrote in a March 10th, 2009 email, nine days before the administration formally announced the loan. If you guys think this is a bad idea, I need to quickly unwind the West Wing quick, I need to unwind the West Wing quickly, all caps wrote Ron Klain. White House Energy Advisor Heather uh, Zichel, Zichel maybe, reportedly emailed a warning to Klain. Valerie Jarrett and um, another White House official, here's the deal. Solyndra is going to announce they are laying off 200 of their 1,200 workers. No es bueno. And that was, I think, right before the election. And if I recall correctly, Solyndra was uh, told in no uncertain terms, or they were led to believe by the Energy Department, if they wanted government money, they better not announce they were firing 1,000 people before November 3rd. This is in 2012. What did Clay know about that? Because the White House, as I said, was given a heads up on that issue. And Clay also... Um, was involved in getting um, 
Obama to visit Solyndra. And he says, sounds like there's some risk factors here, but that's true of any innovative company POTUS would visit. Looks okay to me. The reality is that POTUS, if POTUS visited 10 such places over the next 10 months, presumably probably a few would be belly up by election day 2012. But that to me is the reality of saying we want to help promote cutting edge new economy industries. Don't you love the casual way in which these leftists play with your money? Oh, we, you know, we're going to give them millions and billions of dollars. And we know it's going to get, who knows what happens to it, but that's just life. So Solyndra was one of the worst scandals of the Obama administration. And Ron Klain, who is Joe Biden's chief of staff, is in the middle of it. And the issue is fresh again because the new Biden administration wants to, again, spend money on Solyndra-like enterprises. Your money, of course. So, you know, Judicial Watch had sued, gotten a bunch of, bunch of documents, some of which were also released by Congress back in 2011. This is nine years ago, 10 years ago. And we're suing again. And that's the remarkable story of the Biden administration. You had all these individuals implicated in corruption, like Ron Klain, like Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden was elected. But he's brought on people who were involved in corruption and elevated them. And it's going to be up to Judicial Watch to figure out what went on. As I said, Judicial Watch is, practically speaking, the only game in town right now in terms of investigating Biden's corruption. So uh, we have, uh, what, 50 plus executive actions and orders that we have to be investigating, all sorts of other activity we're, we're now pursuing under the new Biden administration. But what I love about Judicial Watch is that we were number one in holding Obama accountable. And a lot of those lawsuits and that activity can be brought forward into the Biden administration, which is in many ways a third Obama administration, given the similar personnel. Susan Rice, I mean, obviously the Vi Vice President Biden, now President Biden. It's the same cast of corrupt characters back. So uh, Congress isn't going to do anything or not much of anything. And uh, the media obviously is in the tank for Biden. And big tech, you know, I fear big tech is gonna keep on suppressing us, but we're just gonna keep on powering through and trying to get the word out and educate you, the American people. So thank you for your support. You can see that uh, your support is more essential than ever of Judicial Watch's work. If you want to see the documents we've uncovered thus far about all of these corruption issues, go to our website at judicialwatch.org. Educate yourself. Share them with others. We're online all over the place, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm on now on Telegram, Tom Fitton, JW. I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm still on Twitter, technically, but I've been locked out for a month. And, of course, Judicial Watch is on YouTube, and you're watching this hopefully on YouTube and, and elsewhere. So we're all over, and that's why, the, that's why the left hates us, and that's why they want to suppress us, because we're winning in terms of educating people and being effective. If we weren't effective, they wouldn't care about us. It's because we're effective that they're trying to shut us down, and that's why we need your support more than ever. So educate yourself about our work, and, you know, poke around. See if you like what we're doing. You like what I'm saying? 
and support our work. We're a nonprofit. So make a charitable contribution to Judicial Watch because to borrow the words of the uh, left-wing radical group known as PBS, if Judicial Watch doesn't do it, who will? So thank you for your support and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.